Welcome to Briggs Auto Insider, Auto Insider, the podcast where the road to automotive knowledge begins. Brought to you by Briggs Auto Group, your trusted name in cars. Welcome to Briggs Auto Insider. This week, we're sitting with Kent Briggs, and we're going to be going over what goes into a trade. And in the automotive space, dealers are so focused on selling cars all the time, and here at Briggs, they want to focus on educating a buyer to have the best car buying experience they can have. They understand the car buying process is scary. And I think being within the car business, people forget about what the consumer goes through each time they go to buy a car because a dealership, you guys are moving 500 to 1,000 cars a month. There's a lot of vehicles moving in and out. And that person coming in to buy buys maybe one vehicle every yeah, I mean, it's your, it's, your sec, it's your second biggest purchase of your life, typically. I mean, you got your house is the only thing that's typically more than, than a vehicle. So, yeah, it can be a very scary purchasing yeah. experience. So, with this podcast that will be dropping weekly, it's going to inform people and give people, a, give people ease mm-hmm. buying their car next time. So, when they have a trade, when they're going into finance, when they're going through the whole process, they can start learning all these different pieces. Yeah. that when they come in, it becomes something that they know what's going on. They're, they're not in the dark. And that's where I'm really excited for this all moving forward, that it's going to bring a ton of insight to the, the client that they don't know. So today, episode number one, we're going to be going over trades. Yeah. So what goes into a trade? We, we see it all the time. I come from the automotive space, so I've been in that chair. And people come in and they have a Kelly Blue Book. This is what Kelly Blue Book says my vehicle's worth. What's the first thing when someone comes off the street that you guys are looking at with a trade? Uh, <clears throat> right now is um, with all the technology we have is actually Carfax, it's vehicle history, Carfax auto or uh, auto check, any of those you know history reports. Um, Carfax tends to be the most uh, detailed and has the most integration with most of uh, Oh, the auto industry, let's say, body shops, service shops, um, you know, all the way to how much an accident did cause. Like, I mean, they, they actually put, if it was a minor, major, if it was towed, if it was, you know, you know like I said, towed, left on the road, stranded, um, disabling style accident. There's, you know, a lot of it goes into the history. Um, and if you service at a, a franchise, I say franchise dealer, um, typically, because they're always going to be hooked up to auto check because uh, of the OEMs, but and there's a lot of good, um, you know, privately owned service departments as well that do this. But they, uh, you know, you can see every three or five or seven thousand miles, whatever the interval is for that manufacturer. Every manufacturer is different, but whatever the actual service interval should be is in there every single time. We know that it was at least, you know, it's very maintained. Um, typically, someone that does it every single time is also going to fix what needs to be done at that time as well. Yeah, and I think a lot of times when people are shopping for vehicles price-wise in today's market, in the used space, they are always searching for the cheapest vehicle in market. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that doesn't mean that's the best vehicle. So I look at it as every time I've always looked for a vehicle, I look for the most melt most well-maintained vehicle on the road. Correct. That it's the same thing if you're looking at buying a house. If you go into a house and there's markers all over the walls and the, the carpet's ripped up and everything, but it's cheaper than the other house, you know exactly why. 
Right. And the same thing goes into a, a, a vehicle that somebody could have never taken care of that vehicle at all. And it's ragged out, it's scratched up, the back bumper's dented in, it's got bald tires. Yeah, there's a reason that it's cheaper than the next one. So when you guys get that vehicle and you guys are looking at the Carfax, you're looking over those maintenance records, you talk about if uh, accident is minor to major, how much does that a lot of times dictate the, the affect the price um, on, on a train? A lot of it actually has to do with the price point of the vehicle too. Um, you know, a lower price point vehicle is not going to affect it as much. Uh, for say a higher price point vehicle, you know something below twenty thousand, a major is going to affect it. A grand, fifteen hundred. Um, you know if it has structure damage or something like that, even more. Or if it's a salvage title, it's going to affect it fifty percent. Um, and that's all the way through through any value of the vehicle. So uh, really, it's 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 it depends on the the price of the vehicle and how much it affects it. It's almost a, a individual scenario. Um, you know, if it's a like a, a Cadillac or a Lexus or an Audi or something like that, that's more of a luxury style car. Um, it also depends on who fixed it. Uh, some of these Audis are aluminum bodies, and if the shop isn't certified to do it, then it could not be a certified fix, which is in turn could be actually dangerous for a retail consumer. <clears throat> so that's something we also look at. That you know, we do have certified shops for that that are we gonna to have to go back in and, and actually verify that the work was done correctly? I, I didn't even really think of it on, on that point that you have so many p different people touching a vehicle. Mm -hmm. Why is it when you have that title that's messed up, why does that affect the, the vehicle's value in the future? <clears throat> well, if it wasn't fixed correctly to begin with, um, you know, you'll have abnormal wear tires, ball joints, uh, you know, CV axles, any of that kind of stuff, the normal wear and tear style items that, uh, that you have to replace in the future regardless, can actually start to wear quicker. So something that, you know, tires that should last 30 to 50,000 miles, depending on the brand of tire that you get, you know, the, the type of tire that you get, something of that nature, could last 10 or 15,000 miles if it wasn't fixed correctly. So, I mean, there's, there's also that. Um, you know, there, it just really goes into who did it was it done correctly and then and if it's done correctly that car that has the major accident really is going to be just as good as it was previously it's just it really goes into looking on on how good of a job and who did it um you know like our our shop we guarantee everything for life so i know a lot of times <clears throat> there's banks that won't finance structural damage vehicles Correct. that won't take on that vehicle that has a salvage title Correct. so that was something that i I've always seen a lot of kind of the, the purpose behind it, saying, hey, this is a big reason why this vehicle isn't valued where mm -hmm. you think it is. If a vehicle is a buyback limit and that affects value a lot, that a lot of banks don't want to touch it. It can. Uh, buyback lemons, it depends on what the, I mean, really that gets into the nitty gritty um, and, and seeing what, it, what was it a buyback for. Um, that's what banks really look at um, more towards structure damage um, Branded titles of a salvage or something like that really limits the banks that will actually finance them um, And a branded title for a lemon buyback does as well um, But it's it if you have a vehicle with that it really starts to degrade it and that's where the thousand or fifteen hundred or even two thousand or five thousand whatever it is at that point 
that's where a lot of it comes from is because now our options to resell that vehicle are so limited. Our, our market went from, easy example, 100 people to 20 people. So now we have a very small market. We're going to sit on it longer if we even sell it or we have to take it to auction. Yeah. So I think that kind of leads us into what about a vehicle's demand? And I think a lot of times everyone that has a vehicle think there's a, thinks that there's a high demand for it out there. And I don't think that's always the case. So what do you look at for vehicle demand when taking in a trade? Um, a lot of it's our software. Um, we have software that you know kind of tells us what's out there, what's on the market, and what's what's turning. But it's also it's it's real easy for a consumer. What new cars are are uh, lacking on on the ground? What what what's like for uh, example? Let's just use Toyota Camry. Um, there's not a lot of Camrys at new car dealers, right? So the used ones are going to have a high demand, or there's not a lot of Yukon Denali's on the lot, right? Brand new ones, so they're going to have a high demand. If there's <clears throat> if there's you know an abundance of one thing at the you know new on a lot, then that vehicle is not going to have as high of a demand used in a, in a resale style uh, setting as a vehicle that you cannot go purchase brand new. That is going to bring the demand up. That's an easy way for a consumer to to really gauge on what is uh, in real high demand and what's not. I think that brings us right back to uh, the school days of learning supply and demand. Mm -hmm. And it was. It was funny when I used to take vehicles on a trade and they would want a certain amount. And I'm like, I know Kelly Blue Book told you this, but once again, we have software that we can pull up all these for sale. And I'm like, there's one down the street that I can buy for a thousand dollars less than yours. It's lot ready. So I'm like, so why would I give you this dollar and cent for it? That at the end of the day, it's still a business model that has to, to move and operate. Yeah. And, and a lot of it is going to also be as a, uh, you know, if you drive that car every single day, you're not going to notice some of the small blemishes. What I would tell consumers really is really take a step back and, and look at it. Does does it need tires? Does it? Need, I mean, to, to really understand what they they have for a vehicle is, is just stand back and take a look. I, I do the same thing on my own personal vehicle. You know, I got a I got a, a blemish in the front bumper that I don't notice every day, but people that walk by it tell me about it all the time. Yeah. So, what would you say right now? What would you say the three hottest trades on the market are? Um, in our area of Manhattan, Kansas, in a 60 mile radius right now is going to be probably time of year. Everything is uh, three quarter ton and one ton diesel trucks. Any, any brand, yeah. you know, any model, it's just, and especially uh, the, the more of the work style trucks. I mean, those things are just in real high commodity, can't get them new. Yeah, it goes right back to I can't get them new. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 in high demand. And then you got uh, um, new body style rogues are in pretty high demand right now. Um, that uh, that crossover small SUV is always in high demand. Anything under twenty grand um, right now for a payment for a payment budget buyer. I mean that's always in high demand. Yeah, uh, when you have these trades coming in, and say you have these one ton, three quarter ton trucks coming in, high demand vehicle. Do you, what is one thing that you would recommend people to do before they come trade in their vehicle? Have your service history ready. Just just have it ready. What, what, what have you previously done? And then be honest. You know, if there is something wrong with it, just tell us. I mean, we're, we're gonna probably, I mean, we're gonna find it, right? 
But it's it's you know we're there's nothing that we can't work around. We're gonna we're gonna put a deal together. I mean, I just that's just kind of our philosophy and, and our culture um, that we try and push down from the top up. But you know, just just have it clean and and be honest. I mean, that's just that's just as plain as simple as it is. And I think that that goes a very long ways to dealers and the person bidding your trade mm -hmm. is when you are honest about it. Because I remember I would have it happen to me all the time, like cars flawless, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then you go out and you drive it and you go down the road, transmission shuttering. You come back and you're like, well, what's wrong with the transmission? Like, well, and then they start telling you about it. And it's like, trust is a two-way street. Yeah, and now, it's like, now, now I don't have the trust, so what else is wrong with that Exactly. Vehicle? If you would have told me, hey, there is a little shutter, it's a recall, or you know, it's under warranty, or this, or, or whatever it is, if it's just something even very minuscule, now I know that you're telling me what is wrong with your vehicle, that's probably all that's wrong with your vehicle. Mm -hmm. Instead of, well, now I gotta think, hey, is there <laughs> anything underlying that I gotta start looking into? Hey, typically these have power steering racks that go out, or this or that, does this one have that? Yeah, because most of the time when a, uh, <clears throat> a customer was dishonest with me on a trade, I normally would back myself even further down because I would think that there's more underlying problems. If they, if they didn't tell me about the shutter, what else are, am I not seeing here? Mm -hmm. And it was like, that was just something that I feel like when people would come in and they say, hey, X, Y, and Z is wrong with this vehicle, it would, I had trust for the person really quickly yeah. that it was like, hey, that, that is all that's wrong. Yeah. So it's like, I'll step up to the plate on this because I know that this costs X and this costs X and this costs X, and this is where we're gonna be. Yeah, some, so, of, my, some of my strongest bids come out of the service department. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, we, we know exactly what's wrong with it and we can get all over it. I mean, especially, and then if, if, if you really want a, a very, very, very strong bid, allow us a little bit of time to put it on a lift. Just, just be ready for it. You know, if we ask you to put on a lift, don't, don't be afraid to, to let us do it because that's really going to tell us what, exactly what's wrong with that vehicle, and, and really let us put a, a pencil to the paper on what we're going to have to fix it. Because you got to understand, yeah, you want all the money for your vehicle, but yet I also have to retail this to someone for a reasonable price, and they want all of that fixed before they get the vehicle because they want a reliable vehicle that they're buying. Yeah, and that's something I think a lot of times that people don't take into consideration that. Every, every time that we were really close, but we were stuck on a trade somewhere, if we could put it on a lift and find out what's wrong, mm -hmm. sometimes you can get that difference. So it's, I feel like if somebody comes in with that being ready, saying, mm -hmm. hey, you know what, put it on a lift, I want you guys to go through it and see if there is anything. Because yeah. that always, it brings peace to the other side of the table. Yeah. And once again, that, that trust is a two-way street. <clears throat> if you come in with a vehicle and you say, put it up on the lift, check everything out, then I'm like, all right, this is a straight shooter. Yeah. Absolutely. Then, then you want to give a stronger number. Yep. You say, hey, you know what? That car, it may just need two tires and some brake pads, and we're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. in theory, if it, if it all works out that way, um, what is your opinion on, this is something I have debates with a, a lot of guys I know in the car space. What is your opinion on trade-ins that are clean to a dirty trade-in? Oh, I'm, I lean differently. Um, I grew up detailing cars in this organization. I'm on my 29th position <laughs> here, so I can see through a lot of that. And then we deal with a lot of gravel here. Um, so I, as long as it's, it's normal, normal, it, you know, just normal road grime and what's going to happen on a day-to-day -day basis. If it's snowing outside or if it's raining or if it's anything like that, don't worry about it. And we can see through it. We know what can come out and what can't come out. Um, 
but if, if you know your your floorboards are filled with McDonald's wrappers, it's probably not going to put a very good taste in anyone's mouth. Yeah, literally. Uh, no, so I've always been on the fence of a cleaner trade-in. Like I'm, I'm pretty OCD. Um, it was I saw it at the auction all the time. Yeah. I saw it's there's a reason dealers clean cars before they go out to the front line that they go through detail. I also worked in the detail department coming up, right. and it was. I could read through it, but if somebody came in with a clean vehicle, just instant thought in my head was that they took better care of it. Yes, um, that, that is instant thought, but there's still a lot of people that live on a gravel road that take extremely good care of their cars. So that's- A hundred percent. You know, if we were closer to the city, I'd probably have a different uh, outlook, but you know, I also got to understand where I'm located right now too. You know, we, we are within five miles of driving, you know, a hundred miles worth of gravel road to get to Nebraska. I mean, that just, so I, like I said, I'm, I'm a little bit different on that than a lot of people. Um, it's just, it is a very, you, like you said, it is a very <laughs> controversial it is. Uh, um, a topic in the auto industry. But yeah, it's, like I said, if, if you clean your car on a regular basis and it's got the normal road grime and, or you just drove in, it's, it's not going to affect your value of your vehicle. Well, I think we touched on all the topics that I had. Um, once again, I, I'm very excited about what this is going to bring people because mm -hmm. somebody that just listened to this is going to have way more knowledge trading in their vehicle than yeah. they probably did before. And, and I'm just going to add this. Don't be afraid to come in and ask. We're not, we're not trying to be scary or anything like that. We are here to help in, uh, in any way. I mean, help you with service, help you with uh, the trading or, or buying or just in general getting information. And that's another thing that you hit on that I don't think a lot of people know is selling to a dealer your vehicle is probably the easiest thing they can do. Oh, absolutely. And so many people go after Marketplace and they have like 4,000 people that are like, is this still available? And then they never message them again. Or they, and, they get scammed or they say they're coming and it's a, it, yeah, no, it's we, and, and when we buy your vehicle off the street, it's the same thing as you get on a trade-in. We're not, like I said, we're, you know, we're not trying to do anything crazy or anything like that. It's just, like I said, and if you just want a, a, an actual value of your vehicle, see where you sit, by all means, we're, I mean, we'll, we'll just put a number on it, it's no big deal. Yeah, so once again, I think this is going to be a great outlet mm -hmm. for people to learn about different parts of the car buying process and give make people more comfortable. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, just going over it again makes me even feel more comfortable <laughs> about it. And I just haven't done it for a while, but, Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, tons of insight, and there's gonna be a lot of insight coming uh, in the near future, every Absolutely. week. So like, like you said, if you have any questions, feel free to shoot in the comments, shoot a DM. But that is Briggs Auto Insider, episode one. Thanks for listening to Briggs Auto Insider, the podcast where automotive knowledge begins. Tune in next week for another episode.